What's happening, y'all? Welcome inside the Fantasy Stock Exchange. Bush coming at you solo today to break down my rest of season rankings, November edition. I'm going to talk about my biggest risers, my biggest fallers, each position, tier by tier, position by position, and break down who are the biggest movers in my rankings from October to now. We did this you know, about a month ago, got a lot of positive engagement on that. So we really appreciate the support. If you guys do enjoy at any point during the video, leave a like. Really helps us out in the algorithm. Subscribe to the channel if you are new as well and comment any of your thoughts down below. But before we get into it, let's hit the intro. Okay, like I said, I'm going to go position by position, starting with running backs, then wide receivers, quarterbacks, and tight ends. This will be a bit of a longer video, but there is timestamps down below along the scroll bar and in the description. So make sure if you guys want to hear about a specific position group, you can just skip ahead. And let me know down below in the comments whether you think anybody's too high or too low. I'm happy to debate some things down there, but we are going to start with the running back position. And we're going to start with the first tier of running backs, which would be the elite RB1s, the guys that are superstars, every week starters, guys that we expect to put up, you know, 20, 30 points every time they're in their lineup. We have Christian McCaffrey, we have Saquon Barkley, Derrick Henry, Kenneth Walker, and Austin Eckler in this tier. Everybody remains the same pretty much from the October version of this video, except for Derrick Henry and for Kenneth Walker. The guys that were in this tier before were the three that I mentioned, plus Jonathan Taylor. The reason that Derrick Henry leaps up for me in this tier is because pretty much since early October, when I last did this video, he's had a couple absolutely monster games, except for this past week against Denver's defense, which isn't really shocking given how good their defense is. Derrick Henry does not play a top half of the NFL defense against fantasy running backs in my model for the rest of the season. This guy has an easy, easy schedule. This stretch includes the Packers, the Jaguars, the Chargers, the Texans, and the only team that he actually plays against in the final game of the fantasy season is the Dallas Cowboys that are actually good against fantasy running backs. The rest of them, easy, easy matchups. So I love Derrick Henry rest of the season. He is an elite RB1. And as for Kenneth Walker, who also was not in this tier last time I did this video, he's very similar to Derrick Henry. He had a poor performance in week 10 versus a healthy Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense, and they haven't been healthy for the longest time, which is why they were a little softer against running backs before. The development I care about, though, for Kenneth Walker is the eight targets that he commanded this past week against Tampa Bay, the 75% route participation that he saw, both season highs in a negative game script. So we know now, combine this with the ability that we've seen from Kenneth Walker, which is long runs, efficient running, you know, goal line touches, all that kind of stuff. Now he has the ability to command some targets. He's in a great spot. After the bye this week, he has a number of good, you know, comfortable matchups. And if you're in playoff position already, the person that might have him might have, you know, just lost their matchup, might have him on bye this week and need wins. I think you should be able to make a Hail Mary push for Kenneth Walker for the rest of the season. I think he's definitely going to win some people some leagues. And as for the other running backs in this tier, don't worry about Elijah Mitchell's usage for Christian McCaffrey. I know it's, you know, not ideal that he didn't get the full status workhorse usage that we saw two weeks ago when Elijah Mitchell was not there. But I do think Christian McCaffrey is still going to get the primary workload, the, the good, valuable touches, the receiving work, all the stuff that we care about. And Elijah Mitchell is going to be a bit of a pest from time to time. But overall, I'm not worried. Saquon is Saquon. And Austin Eckler's targets are just too bonkers. Hopefully the offense can rebound once they start to get some receivers back. But let's move on to the next tier of running backs, which is just the basic RB1s. And in this tier, you guys can see the running backs there, ETN, Jonathan Taylor, Alvin Kamara, Ramondre Stevenson, and Joe Mixon. This area of the running back rankings was very 
very difficult. Outside of the top five running backs, running backs, you know, six through 15 were really difficult for me to parse through. I tried to take into account a number of different factors, including, you know, what these guys' workloads are, what their strength of schedule is rest of the season, who's been efficient this year, and pretty much what offenses they play in and how good they've been playing as a player. Alvin Kamara, ETN, and Joe Mixon were in this tier for me last time. So these guys have pretty similar outlooks. They have great workloads, you know, good receiving work. They play in, you know, good offenses in, in Joe Mixon's case. And despite some hiccups that we've seen from an inefficiency standpoint for some of them, they all get good workloads and primary passing down work. So those guys, pretty straightforward, pretty self-explanatory. Jonathan Taylor falls into this tier for me. He was in the elite tier last time I did this. He actually fell probably even further in the previous weeks. But now that we've actually seen this guy healthy, he moves back up into the like mid RB1s territory for me. Jonathan Taylor has a number of different factors going his way. For starters, he wasn't on the injury report this past week since week four or five. The last time he was not on the injury report, fully healthy, was very early on in the season. Matt Ryan was back at quarterback, which was big time news because Sam Ellinger was a complete hot mess. And the Colts offensive line played much, much better this week. Now, was that anything to do with Jeff Saturday being the head coach now? I have no idea, but they did grade out a lot better. Quentin Nelson was elite. You know, Ryan Kelly and all the guys up there were, were playing a lot better this week, according to PFF. It's much more rosy of an outlook for Jonathan Taylor, given where we were at with him just one week ago. Ramondre Stevenson is also into this tier for me, and this is mainly due to his recent target share. In the last three games, he's had seven plus targets. He's also playing, again, at a very high level in the Patriots offense, seems to be clear a little bit more. So he is a guy that has kind of risen for me to that back end RB1 territory, given the workload, the consistent snaps we've seen. And the one thing that I talked about last time I did this was, you know, Damian Harris was coming back soon. I didn't know how that would affect Ramondre Stevenson. We've seen that he's clearly been the RB1 in this backfield. Now we move on to the RB1, RB2 fringe area. And again, there's a big group of names here. You can put them in pretty much any order that you want, but I know I'm going to have to defend myself for the first name. DeAndre Swift is the guy that I have ranked the highest out of this tier. And I think he belongs here because we know he's a superstar caliber running back. He just isn't getting the usage and it's frustrating as hell. I'm sure if you guys have DeAndre Swift, you're like, why is you know these random Justin Jacksons playing over DeAndre Swift? But here's why I have hope for DeAndre Swift. Number one, this was DeAndre Swift's first game since pretty much the entire season, pretty much since week one of not being on the injury report. So we know he's finally, finally getting healthy and a healthy DeAndre Swift is a very good DeAndre Swift. Number two, typically running backs coming off of big absences are gradually worked back into the lineup. So the ramp up period is in full effect for DeAndre Swift right now. And number three, the Lions running back schedule is softer than baby shit down the stretch. It's really, really easy. And I think the reason that people are not high on DeAndre Swift is just because of how frustrating his workload has been. Their only tough matchups down the stretch are the Vikings, who... I mean, they're a tough matchup against running backs, but overall as a defense, they're pretty easy to move the ball against. And the New York Jets, who are a good defense, and that's week 13 and week 14, but they get the Panthers and Bears for the money weeks, week 16 and week 17 of the fantasy championship. So with DeAndre Swift, if you're in a position where you're very ahead in your league, definitely go out and send offers for him. Still, if you want to put him near the end of this tier, if you were doing these rankings yourself, I understand it. His usage has been frustrating. But that's why these are tiered rankings and not necessarily just Swift is way ahead of these guys. They're all in the same tier. Put them any which way you want. Aaron Jones, Nick Chubb, Dalvin Cook, these guys continue to kind of do their things. The reason that they're not higher is due to their split backfield situations in the case of Green Bay and Cleveland. 
And then for Dalvin Cook, this guy, I feel like, just keeps getting bailed out by big plays and touchdowns every single week. And that's going to happen with Dalvin Cook because he can still break off long touchdowns and he's still going to get goal line opportunities. But the overall efficiency on a play-in, play-out basis is still concerning for Dalvin Cook. So a guy that I'm not overly, overly high on rest of season, but definitely been better than I expected him to be. Plus, you have the added risk with all three of these guys that they're older running backs and they have a lot of touches under their belt, which is why they rank a little bit lower for me than some of the other guys. Josh Jacobs falls a big time from grace here. And you guys might be a little shocked that I have him this low, but the reason I have him this low is because of his schedule rest of season. I think he's a great sell high candidate because he's got a great workload, just had a big game against Indianapolis, but the Raiders have the second most difficult schedule according to my model down the stretch. And the Raiders are pretty much a certified tire fire as an offense in general. So I think as the season goes along, the worse they're going to get because nobody's going to be motivated to win games since they're like two and seven right now. And uh, Damian Pierce, very similarly to Josh Jacobs, has a great workload, but is stuck in a bad offense with the Houston Texans. And he's also got a tough schedule down the stretch as well. The two new additions to this tier are Miles Sanders and James Conner. Now, as of right now, I haven't seen Miles Sanders play tonight, but I imagine he's probably not going to be very good against the Washington Commanders because they're a good run defense. But even though this guy has an uh, RB2 type of workload, his offense is simply too good right now. The, the Eagles are rolling on offense. They're blowing teams out. They're scoring a lot of points. And Miles Sanders has a lot of touchdown opportunity as a result of that. And he's been very efficient himself. So he's a guy that I think is on the rise. James Conner, also a guy that is on the rise. He is kind of more in line with the Jacobs and Pierce archetype because the Cardinals kind of stink. Even when Kyler gets back on the field, I'm not excited about this offense in general. But Conner came back with a vengeance the last two games from a, a snap share standpoint and a workload standpoint. 71% of the snaps in week nine took all but three snaps this past week, and he saw 24 of 25 running back opportunities, ran pretty much all the routes for the running back position. He gets work on the goal line. He gets work in the passing game. He's got fresh legs right now, too, because he was dealing with a rib injury. Not an easy schedule down the stretch, but they will get Marquise Brown back. They still have DeAndre Hopkins. They should be able to be a little bit better down the stretch and put up points. And I think James Conner's workload will definitely help him here. So we can move on to the mid to low end RB2s. Now, guys on the rise in this tier are guys like Cordero Patterson, guys like Tony Pollard, Jeff Wilson, uh, Antonio Gibson, Rashad White, and Deontay Foreman. David Montgomery, Raheem Mostert, and Devin Singletary were already in this tier in October when I did this as guys with solid workloads that could be you know, elevated by their offenses in the case of Raheem Mostert and uh, Devin Singletary's case, and David Montgomery definitely elevated by his workload. And he could actually even jump up a tier if Khalil Herbert's injury ends up being serious. He got injured on Sunday. We don't know the severity of it quite yet, but definitely something to monitor there. Cordero Patterson would have been in this tier had he had been healthy. So I wouldn't read in too much for Thursday night football as far as his usage was concerned. It's a short week. He was coming back from injury. I don't think he's going to be very you know bad like that he was on Thursday night. I think he's going to be just fine going forward. And I think he's probably a decent buy low candidate right now. But I would read a lot into Thursday night's usage of Deontay Foreman because he pretty much dominated everything on Thursday night. 45 out of 66 snaps, 55% of the routes run for the running back position. And he had 31 carries in Carolina's win over the Falcons. So he's definitely a guy that you could probably rely on as an every week, you know, back end RB2. He's not playing for a good offense. And it sounds like Baker Mayfield's going to be starting this week because PJ Walker has a high ankle sprain and maybe Sam Darnold even gets in there. So not a great offense overall, but he is getting a great workload and he's playing well. So Deontay Foreman, a guy that I definitely think is a solid option. Jeff Wilson appears to have pretty much taken over the uh, Dolphins' backfield. Both of these guys, to me, are every every week RB2 to 3 fringe guys because they play in such a good offense to the point that they're never going to be the focus of defenses, right? No defense is ever going to play the Dolphins and say that we need to stop Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson. No, they're going to want to stop Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell, and those two guys, those two running backs, can be very, very productive 
as a result because they're not the focus of defenses. So I like both of them pretty much as top 30 running backs rest of the season. Antonio Gibson's usage is up due to J.D. McKissick's injury. Uh, Tony Pollard is up due because, you know, Ezekiel Elliott is dealing with an injury and Rashad White due to Leonard Fournette being banged up in Sunday's game as well. Plus the fact that Rashad White just continues to play well, continues to inch more and more into Leonard Fournette's workload. And as a Buccaneers fan, I can tell you right now, I want to see 29 out there more than I want to see seven out there. And I think the coaches are going to make that decision relatively soon. And it might even come just as an excuse because Leonard Fournette's dealing with a groin injury or a hip injury. I believe he suffered on Sunday. So uh, high-end RB3s and handcuffs. I do have Leonard Fournette listed here. We have a number of other guys there. Pacheco, uh, Michael Carter, Najee Harris, Gus Edwards, Ezekiel Elliott, AJ Dillon, Elijah Mitchell, and Tyler Algier rounding up my top 36 running backs rest of the season. Fournette and Zeke are down here basically due to their injuries, but Fournette could be a awesome sell high right now. If you guys have anybody buying into Leonard Fournette just because he's a big name, definitely get him off your roster because I am, you know, I'm really nervous that Rashad White's going to take over this backfield as a Leonard Fournette manager. Some interesting trade targets, though, in this territory that I really like are Michael Carter, Gus Edwards, and Isaiah Pacheco. If you guys are in deep leagues and you need some cheap production with some upside, uh, Michael Carter just had his buy, and I think people are a lot more nervous about James Robinson than they need to be, and that's fine, but I still expect Michael Carter to be the lead back here. It's not going to be a crazy workload. It's probably going to be 55 60% of the snaps, but he does get most of the pass-catching work, and he is a good player, so I do like Michael Carter as like a low-end flex play rest of the season. Um, who maybe has a little bit more upside as a result. Gus Edwards is expected to be healthy coming off of the bye week from the Ravens. And we saw in his only healthy game, he had like two touchdowns and he was um, a guy that was very productive on the ground. So Gus Edwards, another guy that I think is a solid trade target in deep leagues. And then Isaiah Pacheco probably is the highest upside of any of them here because he's a rookie running back. The box score wasn't crazy on Sunday, but 16 carries and over 80 yards, five yards a carry, splitting routes with Jarek McKinnon pretty much down the middle, even though Jarek McKinnon had eight targets and Pacheco had zero. Their routes were quite similar and CEH pretty much rode the bench the entire game. So that's definitely encouraging for those of you guys that have Isaiah Pacheco high, high priority waiver ad if he's still available in your leagues and a great trade target for those of you guys in deep leagues where he probably is rostered. in. so this is what the running back tier list looks like overall. You guys can see it down below. Again, comment any of your thoughts down below. What don't you agree with? What do you agree with? By all means, comment that stuff. I'm going to get into the wide receiver position. I'm going to try and speed through these a little faster, but the running back position just had so much going on that I had to really delve into that. Wide receivers, we have the elite wide receiver ones, right? We know who they are. It's Stephon Diggs, it's Tyreek Hill, and it's Justin Jefferson. Now, Cooper Cup would be here if he was healthy, but he suffered an ankle injury on Sunday. It doesn't sound like it's going to be very good, too. They, they said he avoided a catastrophic injury, according to the Athletics' Jordan Rodrigue, but it does sound like he's going to miss some time, probably a couple weeks. And given the state of the Los Angeles Rams, are they just going to shut him down? Because their team is not very good. They're probably going to miss the playoffs. And um, Cooper Cup, you don't want to injure him further into the future because they're not going to win anything this year. So definitely not encouraging for Cooper Cup. If you guys have him, that is a huge, huge loss for people's fantasy teams and definitely not ideal. Moving on to the wide receiver ones tier. And this one, again, pretty much the same type of names that I had last time that were in here. It's the guys that are pretty much getting high target shares, the guys that are very efficient. We have guys like DeAndre Hopkins, CeeDee Lamb, Devontae Adams, Amon Ross St. Brown. All these guys get great target shares. Or we got guys that can win with efficiency. AJ Brown, Jamar Chase, and Jalen Waddle. Now, Jamar Chase probably could be in the first tier if he was healthy right now. We don't know the status of his health. He could be back this week, could be back next week, could be back the week after. We really don't know at the moment. As of right now, I'm putting him as like my top, you know, eight wide receiver in uh, fantasy the rest of the season. But if I knew he was playing this week, he'd probably be my wide receiver four. 
um, going forward. So definitely keep that in mind. The only real new name for me in this tier is DK Metcalf. Gino is one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the league right now. And DK Metcalf has some nice matchups coming up, including the Raiders in week 12 when he comes off of bye in week 11. So uh, DK Metcalf, a guy that I think should be valued as a wide receiver one rest of the season. We can move on to the high-end wide receiver two tier. And again, this is another group of guys that I pretty much talked about last time as high-end wide receiver twos. T. Higgins and Debo Samuel drop from the wide receiver ones down to this tier. In hindsight, I may have just had them rated a little bit too high. I think T. Higgins and Debo have always been high-end wide receiver twos. I probably just overvalued them a little bit last time I did this. Not really anything has changed with their outlooks. T. Higgins having Jamar Chase back is honestly... I think better for him than having Chase out of the lineup because Chase gets all the attention. He's able to command targets and and work against number two corners and all that kind of stuff. Debo Samuel should see a boost in efficiency because the 49ers have a top eight easiest wide receiver schedule down the stretch and actually probably the two easiest wide receiver matchups in week 16 and week 17 against Washington and Las Vegas. So that is very, very juicy for Debo Samuel down the stretch. Another good guy to go out and trade for if people are down on him. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Chris Olave, Amari Cooper, Tyler Lockett, Christian Kirk, and Michael Pittman. These guys were all in this tier last time I did this, so I'm not even going to really talk about them. They're all solid target share guys. They've had good efficiency this year, and it's been able to sustain them to this point. So nothing really new to report there. The only riser in this tier actually is Garrett Wilson. I think he's a great buy right now because I don't think people view him at this level. I view him at this level for a couple of reasons. Number one, he has a 23% target share, 1.91 yards per route run, and he's a top 20 graded receiver according to PFF right now. So um, this is a dude that we're talking about having a post buy rookie bump. Rookie wide receivers typically get better as the season goes along. And the Jets are actually throwing the ball a lot more without Brees Hall than they were prior to uh, Brees Hall going down. Elijah Moore could be coming back to the starting lineup as the starting slot receiver that opens up the offense, gets them more opportunities to score touchdowns. Garrett Wilson's a guy that I think, you know, clear number one receiver in this offense and is awesome rest of the season as a wide receiver two option that I think right now you can get for like this next tier of prices, which is like wide receiver two, three fringe price tags. And in this tier, we have, you know, Cooper Cup in this tier, again, purely out of speculation, because I have no idea what the case is for his injury. Same goes for Jerry Judy. He has a case to probably be in the tier ahead of this one as well, assuming he was healthy, but he suffered what looked like a, you know, ankle sprain or like a back of the ankle sprain. They, they said it wasn't an Achilles injury. It doesn't look like it's an Achilles injury, but not ideal nonetheless that he's dealing with something. Devontae Smith, uh, Deontay Johnson, Drake London, Terry McLaurin, these guys were all in this tier last time I did this. They're high target share guys. And in uh, Devontae Smith's case, he's part of a great offense. So even though he's not a high target share guy, he's a great option nonetheless. The risers from this tier are as follows. We have Marquise Brown, who was not even in my top 40 last time I did this because I had no idea what the status of his health was. But he should be returning from injury relatively soon. I would say like week 13, week 14 is like the latest that we're going to get him back. And he could potentially even be back week 11, week 12. So definitely a guy that I think, you know, if you're way ahead, if you're like 10 and 0 right now, or if you're 9 and 1 or 8 and 2, Go out and send some offers for Marquise Brown. Juju Smith-Schuster is also on the rise here for me because he's had a number of great weeks since I last did this. And assuming he's not going to be out for a while with the concussion that he suffered on Sunday, he's a great option as a wide receiver 2-3 fringe type going forward. DJ Moore, who before the Thursday night football game this past week was on an absolute tear. And then finally, Brandon Ayuk, who has four straight games of 80 plus yards receiving. He is on the rise for me as well. He's just playing at a really high level right now. Top 10 graded receiver, according to PFF. He's been really, really good. He's been honestly better than Debo Samuel this year. You can make the argument that I have uh, Brandon Ayuk too low and, and Debo Samuel too high, and I wouldn't really uh, bat an eye there. And then finally, we have the wide receiver threes. I have zero clue 
what to do with the Chargers wide receivers. I have no idea where to put Mike Williams and where to put Keenan Allen because I have no idea what the status of their health is. Keenan Allen seems like he's about to play every single week and then gets ruled out with the hamstring injuries, re-aggravated it like seven times. Mike Williams is expected to practice this week, so maybe we have some optimism there. But a high ankle sprain is not an ideal wide receiver injury, and we've seen it take down bigger beasts than Mike Williams, so I'm not excited about him uh, rest of the season as well. And I also have a few projections in this tier, guys that I think are good upside plays that you can go out and trade for right now. Kadarius Toney and Traylon Burks. Kadarius Toney saw 29% targets per route run this past week for the Chiefs, scored a touchdown in that game, and he should be able to continue to work into this offense for more routes. He ran only you know sub 50% of the routes this past week, despite Juju going out early, despite McCole Hardman being out for this game, and only 9% in week nine. He's still probably learning the playbook. I think if he gets up to like a 70, 80% snap share guy down the stretch of the season, he could be awesome because he looks really good in this Kansas City Chiefs offense, and uh, he's a great fit too. So uh, Traylon Burks, also another guy that to keep an eye on down the stretch. He came back off of IR this past week, and he commanded six targets on only 76% of the Titans routes and only 56% of the snaps. So he wasn't fully integrated into the offense right away, but he still had six targets, which was as many as you know Nick Westbrook-Akine, who had the big fantasy performance. So Traylon Burks, definitely a good guy to go after in trades right now. And then George Pickens, also a solid upside play here. Cortland Sutton, um, Gabriel Davis, and Jacoby Myers were in here last time as well. So uh, those guys are fine flex options. Although Cortland Sutton, if Jerry Judy misses some time, could jump up a tier because we've seen when Jerry Judy's been out of the lineup, he's been very good for fantasy. So this is what the entire wide receiver tier list looks like. Again, let me know down below what you guys think of the tier list, what you agree with, what you don't agree with. But I'm going to speed through the onesie positions as quickly as I possibly can because they are not very you know, relevant, I would say. Most of us probably recognize how these position outlooks kind of work. But we're going to start with the quarterback position. The elite QB ones, very simple. Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes. These dudes are elite. Lamar fell out of this tier for me since the last time I did this because he lost some weapons, right? Andrews has been banged up. Rashad Bateman's probably going to be out for the year. So uh, Lamar Jackson takes a bit of a downgrade there. Then we get in to the every week QB ones. These guys are in your lineup every single week. A lot of good trade targets in this territory right now as well. Lamar Jackson, as I just talked about, he would be in the higher tier, but dealing with the, um, the injuries to his weapons definitely hurts him. Justin Fields, without a doubt, the biggest riser of anybody since I last did this exercise. Since I did this, he's like easily the QB one in fantasy. And he is a top five quarterback for me rest of season. He had two monster rushing performances the last two games. He had like 44 fantasy points in both of those games. He's ran at least eight times in every single game this season, including the early season part where he wasn't even playing that well. And he's rushed for 80 plus yards in four of his last five, 60 plus yards in all of his last five games. The other encouraging thing for Justin Fields is that he's becoming more confident using his legs to set up passing plays. He's able to get out of the pocket, shake off sacks, and throw the ball downfield or run the ball, whatever the case is, he's just playing much better as a quarterback in general. And it's led to him having a passing touchdown in six straight games, multiple passing touchdowns in three straight games as well. Joe Burrow, uh, Kyler Murray, and Dak Prescott are what they are here as well. They were in this tier last time I did this. You have high passing potential with Joe Burrow and with Dak Prescott and rushing potential for Kyler Murray once he comes back from the injury. Interesting note on Dak Prescott, uh, the Cowboys threw the ball 46 times this past week, despite being ahead for most of the game against the Green Bay Packers. So it looks like they're finally trusting their passing game yet again. We saw in the first couple games that Dak Prescott played 
coming back from injury. They didn't let him throw more than 30 times in a game. Um, and this offense could be adding Odell Beckham Jr. as well. We've heard a lot of reports that he's interested in going to the Cowboys. So I think Dak Prescott, a solid quarterback trade target right now if you're struggling at that position. Some solid option guys. You guys can see them there. Tua, Brady, Justin Herbert, Geno Smith, and Deshaun Watson. Uh, Justin Herbert falls down a tier from the you know every week starter tier down to here mainly just due to the fact that Mike Williams and Keenan Allen are banged up. If they were back, he'd be back up into that next tier. And Deshaun Watson enters the fray as now a guy that is interesting rest of the season because he's coming back in week 13 against the Texans. I'm not ready to say he'll be unbelievable once he's back on the field because it's a new offense. He's probably a little bit rusty. He hasn't played in like two years, but he did finish as a top five fantasy quarterback the last time he was on the field, right? With the lowly Houston Texans that had a top 10 pick that year. Um, we saw Deshaun Watson and Will Fuller make some magic last time he was on the field in 2020. So he's definitely worth an ad if he's on your waiver wire, but I wouldn't go crazy and give up a ton for him in a trade. And then, you know, the final tier here is just some streaming options. Cousins, Danny Dimes, Trevor Lawrence, Jimmy Garoppolo, Aaron Rodgers, Marcus Mariota, and Jared Goff round out my top 20 quarterbacks rest of season. These guys have kind of been up and down, but you can use them in good matchups. This is what the QB tier list looks like. Let's get into the tight end tier list, which is the final position that we're going to talk about. The elite tight end ones, we know who they are. Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews. Next. Yeah, Andrews is a solid buy low right now because of the injury, but for the most part, they're going to cost you a pretty penny if you want them. The mid tight end ones are a little bit more interesting. We have George Kittle and Dallas Goddard who were in this tier last time I did this in October. They've both been very good so far this season when they've been healthy. Darren Waller falls out of this tier because he got injured and he got placed on IR, so he's no longer really relevant for the rest of the season in redraft. David Njoku was close to playing this week, and he is the newest member of this tier for me because he was close to playing this week. He should be back going forward. He had five straight games of six-plus targets before he ended up getting injured a couple weeks ago. He, in my opinion, is the biggest beneficiary of Deshaun Watson coming back. So he could be a huge league winner down the stretch if Deshaun Watson plays anything like the 2020 version of Deshaun Watson that we saw before he got suspended by David Njoku right now, if you are struggling a tight end, I think he could be a league winner down the stretch. We also have some solid tight end options here. Pat Fryermuth, TJ Hawkinson, Kyle Pitts, and Dalton Schultz. Pat Fryermuth and Kyle Pitts were on this tier last time I did this. They get targets, and if their quarterbacks weren't complete dog shit, they'd be a lot better than you know tight end 6-10 to 10 where they currently are. But where we are right now is that they are tight end 6-10 to 10 because despite their target volume, their offenses don't throw a ton, and their quarterbacks are not very good. TJ Hawkinson does move into this tier since his move to Minnesota. Since his move to Minnesota, he's gotten 9 and 10 targets in the two games that he's played with the Vikings, playing nearly every snap on offense as well. He's a pretty solid option in a better offense than he was playing in in Detroit, so definitely a guy on the rise for me there. Dalton Schultz also on the rise for me. He looks like he's 100% now. He's been dealing with injuries pretty much all season, and he finally got into the end zone, finally looked like the 2021 version of Dalton Schultz that we saw last year with Dak Prescott, with CeeDee Lamb, with Michael Gallup, and potentially Odell Beckham Jr. coming back. He's definitely a guy that could be very efficient down the stretch and be very productive. Then we have the back-end tight end ones. Again, these guys are fine streamers, but I'd be looking to upgrade if possible. Zach Ertz finds himself into this tier. He'd be a lot higher. He'd probably be in the second tier if it wasn't for the knee injury that he suffered on Sunday. And it looks like the injury is probably going to keep him out a couple games. So if Trey McBride is available on your waiver wire, this is probably he where he would slot in rest of the season for me, given Ertz's injury. And if he's out for the season, I think uh, Trey McBride might even be at the top of this tier or close to the top of this tier. So this is the tight end tier list. 
This is the end of the video as well. If you guys enjoyed this video, if you feel like you got some value from it, really, really appreciate if you drop a like, if you leave a subscribe down below, um, if you're a new around here, we definitely appreciate all of the support that you guys have shown us this season. Leave any comments down below as well. We will definitely uh, get to as many as we possibly can. And the sponsor of today's show is Underdog Fantasy. Make sure if you guys have not checked out Underdog Fantasy yet, go ahead and do so. You can run some pickums tonight. They have a ton of awesome contests. You can run DFS tournaments, battle royales, you know, pickums, all that kind of stuff. And they will have playoff best ball coming back where you draft a best ball team based on who you think is going to go far in the Super Bowl. And uh, awesome, you know, prizes up to the winners of those. Those were a ton of fun for me last year. And I really encourage you guys to check those out as well. And if you guys want to sign up on Underdog Fantasy, you can use the promo code FSE to get 100% back on whatever you put in. So if you put in 20 bucks, do some pickums over there, you'll get $40 on the site to play with when you use that promo code FSE. Link is down below in the description. Check out the Patreon as well if you guys want to support the show in any way. But with that being said, peace out. We'll talk to you soon. Why you need the money?